0: Hi, this is Ray Park. I play Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon Podcast. Check it out, listen, make sure the force is strong. An Elegant Weapon is brought to
1: you by Nemesis Studios.
2: An, An
0: elegant weapon for the more civilized age.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 263. My name is J J M J.M. Clark, J, the Jedi, Ross, Russ Jedi, Jane, as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J studio. This week on the show, something very cool, something very special, something very niche, something very different, something very awesome. I went to a dinner. This dinner was hosted by the Ontario Star Wars Collector's Alliance, the 43rd Legion. Uh, It was a little get-together where they invited the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club to attend. A bunch of their members came up from New York, and we had a grand time. We met at Williams Landing in Liberty Village, which is right beside the old Irwin Toys factory. Irwin Toys was the Canadian distributor for Kenner, basically Kenner Canada. Uh, They had as a guest at this dinner... The production manager from Irwin Toys from 1976 to 2003, his name is Gord Warren. It was an amazing night. Met some very, very cool people and learned a fuck ton about Star Wars toys and collecting... Uh, Mr. Warren told some amazing, amazing stories. It was truly an honor to sit down and get to talk to him. Uh, And he said uh, he'd be up for doing it again in the future, because I would love to do that, because, uh, slight apologies that this is a restaurant pod. He's a bit soft-spoken, and the place was goddamn loud. So I did the best I could to clean it up. It's absolutely audible. Uh, especially for anybody interested in this sort of thing, uh, you're going to be able to easily listen to this. So, uh, please enjoy tonight's conversations with Toby Black of the, uh, Ontario Star Wars Collectors Alliance and Thomas Quinn of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club and Mr. Gord Warren, Production Manager of Irwin Toys, Kenner, Canada from 1976 to 2003. My God, this was such a fun time. Uh, Toby... Thank you so much for including me in this. It was an absolute honor to get to sit and chat with all of you, uh, especially Mr. Warren. So, kids, uh, here you go. Some Star Wars retro toy collecting madness for y'all. Please enjoy.
3: So
0: known this guy for 17 years. One of my best friends on the planet for 17 years. This guy right here, here. Mr. Toby Black, sitting right here. 17 years. Really? Long bloody ass time, right? So six years of this podcast and 260 odd episodes later, he finally shows up on my show. Despite 17 years of friendship and nerding out together, not just being friends. A stupid excuse to be on my show, but we're here tonight uh-huh. uh, for the Ontario Star Wars Collectors Alliance. Uh-huh. Uh, just meet up, I guess, as some of you guys yeah, do regularly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but tonight's very special. Uh-huh.
3: Who do we have here? Well, before we start, I would like to point out that I I do deserve some credit for hiding for seven years without getting <laughs> caught. True. Seventeen years. I mean that's well, that's a, a hell of a long time. You're a weird
0: because you don't come no. to any shows. You it's, don't come to any of
3: the big shows. Steve Buckley here has been on my show several times. Well, let me explain something. To you. The last thing you want is me and Steve Buckley to lock horns because that's never pretty. No, that uh, could be entertaining. This is a great meetup. This is a this is um you got the best of uh prob- I would say Canada's collectors in this room, certainly all of Ontario's Star Wars collectors in this room. You've got focused Star Wars collectors, uh, you know, for Canadian packaging, You've got former uh, Irwin Toy and Kenner Canada employees here. Gord Warren is here, production manager at Irwin Toy, which yeah, was a heavy, yeah. heavy job. His wife, who he met at Irwin Toy, they're both here, so uh, that's very nice. Yeah. Which is next door? We're at Williams Landing. Yes, we are. Here in downtown Toronto. Right in Liberty Village. Right next to the old... Yeah, wind factory. Absolutely. Well, you look at the buildings here. I mean, this was a manufacturing area. This was industry at its best. Uh, you know, the world's changed in 40 years. Now it's a bunch of condos full of hipsters. Everybody looks great, you know, and they got all got IT jobs. And uh, this, that's what the area is. But fortunately, uh, for the grace of God, that building did not get torn down, and it was converted into uh, some lofts. And uh, yeah, as I say, you say, got three employees over there. They haven't been in this area since two thousand and three. Oh really? Yeah, what since it... they stopped working there. Yeah, absolutely. I no reason uh, well, to come. Yeah, exactly. Really? Whatever, right? Come to work one day and find out that uh, company's bankrupt. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah.
0: So the Collectors Alliance. How long has it existed?
3: Uh, yeah, actually, we, this this is not an old organization. This we are in our ninth month. We're not even a year yet. Which is strange that something like this didn't exist in a place like Ontario beforehand. No, you're right. It's uh, you know the interest is there. I just said maybe it just took uh, you know, somebody to, a couple people to. Pull a group together. I guess. So. We're also joined today by the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Which Club. Is very cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Across, you know, New York State. Yep. And and stuff Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Very fun. Uh, yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I find it really weird that, you know, this is an old school collecting area. You know, even I've known like, people at least who have been involved in the community. Mm-hmm. But so whose idea was it? Was it your
3: idea to spur this together, you and Steve? Or who was who, the original brainchild to be like, let's organize? It? Well, pull, pulling the, uh, the club together, there were six original members we met actually in this restaurant back in January but uh, as far as like the Kenner dinner um, yeah, that was my idea. I mean, with Bill, I reached out. We found some former employees. Uh, you know, they're very receptive. I think unlike employee Kenner Kenner employees in the U.S. who have been hounded for years and years by collectors. You know, like what's in your basement? Do you have any business cards and all that other? We went at it a little bit a little bit differently. You know, we're we're here to pull some information, some knowledge. What do you remember? You got to keep in mind these people forty years ago had no idea that they'd be sitting in a hotel. I mean, sitting in a restaurant with a bunch of toy collectors, you know, right, right, asking right. questions about how many screws does it take to keep a Millennium <laughs> <one-inch> Falcon together. <laughs> Do you think the
0: difference is just size, that the stage are so much
3: larger? That's certainly possible, absolutely. Creators. Absolutely. Like absolutely. It was a Canadian, it was an American firm in an American oh, yeah. country, I mean, in America, excuse me. Uh, you, you know, the populations, for every one of us, there's 10 of them. Oh, yeah, it's great. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, as I, as I say, we approach things a little bit differently here, I think, and that works to our favor. People are ready to come sit and talk with us, you know, though yeah, for sure. So, Sunday night, they'd probably rather all be in bed, but they, you know they're here with us, so it's happy to have them. Nice them.
0: Absolutely, he's already told us some cool stories yes. that we got recorded. Yes, for the people out there to hear and enjoy for prosperity, all right? You know. So, is it just a monthly meetup type
3: of thing? You guys are going to keep planning special events like this. You got any more ideas? Or bimonthly? You know, every every couple months we meet up. And summers are obviously difficult because you know people want to go see family, go to cottages. Sure, just, sure. But yeah, we, we we a little busier in the winter. We're uh, our next meetup. We're you know we got some money that we've pooled together. We're trying to figure out what charity we want to help at, a local hospital or something like that. Right, yeah, right. Find out what uh, what the club wants to do. What we want to do moving forward. I think you're gonna find us uh, connect with the Empire State Group. Perhaps we'll go up uh, over the border and uh, see what they got going on because they're an established group. They've been around for a long time. We've got a lot of members. Yeah, they're pretty big. Right? Yeah, I yeah. saw the picture on the group table. Yes. There's quite a few of them. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. Pull some ideas from them. Find out, yeah, you know, where, where do we go from here? We we we've built a base, we've uh, you know, we've got a connection with former employees here, so that's a good thing and the interest is there. Is there a lot of intergroup swabbing? There's a lot of dealing going on just in the group itself? Or is it a lot more discussion and sharing? It's more discussion than anything, but every single one of our meetups does involve. You're welcome to bring box of what you have to trade, sell, whatever. Because that's what this is all about as well. You know, Toy collectors, that's what we kind of do. Right, but it's
0: also a lot of it, not just the nostalgia of the toys being retro, but the things that all- go all around it. We were just looking at old pamphlets from the old- packaging that would come that was great eh like like checklists yeah. and an agenda, that's amazing there. shit to see man it absolutely excited like the Jedi one with the Hoth and everything and all the figures like yeah. a, the playsets that we wish we had that they didn't sell
3: they just made for like the photo shoots. right right, you know yeah, nice. what I mean? that was yeah. always the fun stuff man, the yeah. coolest yeah. shit absolutely sure. absolutely yeah. that's stuff was. you see that was like a yeah, German yeah. stuff there Japanese yeah. stuff oh yeah yeah he had a that chap had a deal with Lucasfilm he was gonna do some work with them and requested all right well send me your marketing shit. and that's what they said that's right, that right. that's that's one of a kind of dossier that he's carrying around here. it's
0: amazing as you get more involved in these things I know you are now and you start to meet people like this and you realize how many people actually went into all the different things that were produced and, you know whether it be promotions toys, or whatever you know even today I still meet artists who are licensed by Lucasfilm, mm. right? That people don't realize that do the packaging or just do one, like, there'll be one artist who's just licensed to do the trading cards. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's his job,
3: right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's what we have to remember. That's what are you oriented. getting there? Carbonara. Okay. And uh, in an order of the wings,
0: uh, barbecue.
2: Blaze. Lovely. And what's
0: on tap? Oh, sorry, is there a list? Not one of these? Do you have Mill Street on top? I'll take a pint to Mill Street. Jason, with the Coke and the Corona so far. Yeah, Wonderful, yeah, when uh, when we first met, the first thing we ever talked about was Ewoks. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was our first day, we were driving out, and I remember we were in the truck together, and you had your arms folded, as you usually do. It's just your, one of your natural postures. And you turned to me, and you said,
3: "So, Star Wars, and that was pretty much I, it." actually, you know, what, I do. I either I either remember that, or I've heard you tell that story before. And I yeah. Went out of the kitchen, right? The Timmy's in the morning, right? And uh, it's been a long, fun journey. Yes, absolutely, and, absolutely. And listen, uh, all jokes aside. I, I was very fortunate to have you here today recording some of this stuff because this is this is great stuff that's you know. Oh, this is
0: exactly why I do this is the <coughs> stories you know what I mean yeah. and the cool little shit that you know we all want to know I mean right now I'm hanging out with the nerdiest of nerds to have ever nerded absolutely you know, like I go to I go to so many shows and you meet people you know it's a geek culture we live in nowadays so everybody claims some kind of
3: love or something but this these are the originals these are the guys who have been there from the start mm-hmm. have never wavered never oh, yeah. will waver oh yeah and, you, a lot of a lot of grown men that live in their mother's basement sitting in this room right now, you're hundred percent right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, and I mean it, on behalf of the yeah. Ontario Star Wars Collectors Alliance, uh, this is a great opportunity to store some data, record some stuff, you got some older employees or right? they're not gonna be here forever and and you know get this stuff down while we still can because this is what losers like us, you know, think about all the time. How did this get made? How did that get manufactured? How many of these were there? All that other good stuff. I've already learned so much cool shit tonight. Yeah. And, you
2: know, I, I
0: can't even tell you and it's, I can't wait to actually sit down for a chat. I got questions now. There you go. So hearing them chat but uh, my friend thank you so much for inviting me absolutely to do this let's chat again this is Toby Black of the Ontario Star Wars Collectors Alliance about goddamn time word Thomas yes of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club
1: Thomas are you the founder or I'm one of the founding members yes right on now how did that begin well uh, my friend Jason Thomas and I decided that we wanted to put together a club in New York and we were prepared to just have the two of us start the club our first meeting uh, we had two other people other than us actually show up <laughs> and we now have 185 members on Facebook wow. I'll bet
0: you those first four people I that was a fun night though yes,
1: uh, three out of the first four people are here in the room today so yes uh, we've managed to become very good friends with uh, people in the group our, uh, our local turnouts we meet all over New York State, we usually uh, average about thirty-five or forty people at a at a meetup. Now yeah. yeah. so. that's very
0: cool. So yep. how do you what do you guys do on your meetups? Is there a lot of swapping, a lot of trading?
1: Uh, there is, but Showing I mean, it, it gets to the point where because you're seeing your friends, right. that that becomes the focus of the meetings. Hey, I get to hang out, talk Star Wars, have a beer with my friends. So right, right, right. That's amazing. So
0: yeah. Uh, tell me a bit about your personal collecting habits.
1: I, uh, I got my first Star Wars figures Easter of 78. I was 8 years old. I was obsessed with the movie. I had seen it many, many times. My, my father would uh, take me to the theater and proceed to fall asleep while I watched the movie. And uh, But he was very good about taking me regularly. And uh, they would always get me the new figures between Christmas and birthdays. I had them all. Until I turned 12, and then I lost all interest in it. Wow. But but years later, when Star Wars came back, you kept I did, oh. and uh, I, I unearthed uh, my toys that I had kept because they were so beloved. Right? When I was a kid, I had kept them. So that is my basis of my collection. That was my foundation, was the my childhood collection. Yeah. That's amazing. So I started by filling in what I didn't have or what um, came after I, I outgrew Star Wars. So to speak, and um, now I I enjoy collecting card backs. I enjoy looking at the toys that either I owned as a kid or wanted as a kid. Right,
3: right. Is it
1: strictly toys for you? Um, It's mostly the Kenner toys. I also uh, have a collection of Factors posters. Factors was a U.S. company that had t shirts. Um, they were like disco era rock t-shirts, but that was Star Wars theme. Um, they had three inch diameter pins that you could buy of the characters, uh, posters. Um, they were the very first memorabilia of Star Wars that came out. You used to get them at record stores where they would sell Beatles posters or whatever. So I, I have a very uh, big affinity for very early Star Wars stuff. Right on. Is there a cutoff year for you? Is there a year where you well, can collect anything created out here, Here's the odd thing, Jason, is that... Um, As much as I went back and collected the things that I did not buy because I had aged out of of collecting, around 1982, um, I I primarily looked for things to fill in the gaps of uh, the items that came out between 77 and 82. If I didn't know they existed... As a kid, I'm sure I would have wanted them. Right. So when I find them now, I said, oh, well, that's something that I would have bought if, mm. if I had the opportunity at 10 years old it's cool to buy Well,
0: it. there's the stickouts. Like, I didn't have tons of Star Wars toys. I was six when Jedi came out. Yes. And that's the first one I remember yes. seeing in the theater. Yes. But the toys for me were the speeder bike, yes. the floating speeder bike, uh, the X Wing, and the, uh, the, power the, for- yeah. the Power of the Force. the Power of the Force. Not the power of the force, but I believe it's the power of the force. The lightsabers with yes. the whistle in them. Yes. But that, yep.
1: Those are the ones I see. Yes. I see the little
0: speeder bike, they
1: press the button. Well, in, Jason, they, and say you, right back. You, they say you never forget your first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the first. in the collecting world, I think our biggest emotional ties are with the original toys that we got. Yeah, 100%. And, and some people in our group will continue to buy those toys, those focus toys, over and over and over again, because they have such strong memories to those particular toys, and not necessarily an entire set.
0: Sure, sure. That's fun times. That parallels
3: your lightsaber, which is why you'll see some men, some people, excuse me, like with 455 Bosk figures, because for some reason, that's the one that, that means the most, that remember the most, takes them back to, whatever the case it's like our good friend Sean Nixon. Everybody knows him here as Weapon
0: Nix. He has every X Men comic ever made. Mm. Wow. Plus- three copies of number one mm. he's got two in a My vault in a bank and one that he holds wow to. wow and he's, he's hardcore uh, you have to be you know, hardcore there's, there's certain issues that i don't know why yeah. but he's got like six copies of and yeah and he's like just i just love that issue. i love that he's got to have it you yeah. know yep. what i mean so, yep. so is there a lot more interaction with other collecting groups in the states like this things like oh, this oh, we
1: we have seen a, a proliferation of statewide groups Um, The oldest group in the United States that I'm aware of that has been meeting regularly is the Seattle Area Collectors Club. Really? Yes, and they have been meeting for over 20 years. Wow. They've had the same core group of people that have been uh, very tight with one another, that have, have done a lot of collecting. And I wonder if they were spawned by the re-releases then in the 90s, maybe? Uh, you know, I don't know what the impetus was for them to start their, their club, but um, a, a lot of clubs that have come after, we pattern patterned ourselves after other clubs. When I founded the uh, Empire State Club, or, you know, we got the ball rolling, my, my goal in the end was to emulate what California had done because they had such a, a huge state that they had figured out that the formula was to go around the state to people's collections to get to see them. So I figured with New York State as large as it was, we would have meetups around the state eventually to go and see other people's collections. So, and it's been phenomenally successful.
0: Because these collectors groups, they're kind of the groups that are like, uh, like I was saying to Toby earlier. It's like you guys are the originals. You guys, as much as we live in a geek culture now, everything is comic books and geek related because all the kids from the eighties yep, grew up, yep. and that's what we know and love. So that's what everybody's making now. But you guys have been there since then. Well, you guys have been the originals to a point where. It's almost... not that you're trying to be reclusive, yeah. but, you know, you don't go to the shows and see, like, you see the 501 everywhere of, Clo- of course, and the Mandalorians and all those groups, joy droid builders and everybody. But you guys aren't like showgoers. You guys live in this little world of, I don't want to say little world, but you know what I mean, where all that other stuff doesn't matter. It's so purely about
1: the toys right. for you
0: guys. It's well, a beautiful thing. It's we, we, you guys kind of your own
1: special we're set. We're very set. lucky that we speak one another's language, and that I can come into a group of other collectors that I don't know very well, but we all have that commonality, that common common bond, and we appreciate for what it is.
3: I, I feel that one advantage of the terrible movies that came out in the late '90s when. Uh, your Phantom Menace. One of the advantages to those having had been so bad, it had almost allowed you to introvert back to knowing how good the original stuff really was, and you were able to kind of put up walls, and you didn't need to let anything else in. Uh, which is a little secular, I know that. But it- do
0: you guys ever are you guys starting to cross paths or notice the fact that twenty years after Phantom Menace, these kids who were young men who are now adults almost now? are having their own nostalgia for the prequels, Uh, uh, where certain things are becoming important and valuable to them and sentimental. They
1: are, but the the odd thing is that the play that they did related to Star Wars is very different. I'm starting to see a nostalgia for Star Wars video games that we don't have because we're not... We're we're the early Atari Nintendo generation. We didn't have Star Wars Battlefront. We didn't play Podracer on a Nintendo 64. So, the video game generation has people that, that's their identity of Star Wars. We recreated Star Wars through toys. They recreated Star Wars through video games. I recreated Star Wars through comic books and through novels. Exactly.
0: That's the beautiful thing about this universe is that there's so many different areas for people, whether it's just
3: cosplay or... or And it's it's great, and it's good for them, and that's great they've got video games, but they can't hold a candle to us. Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm sure. uh, uh, I'm sure they're lovely kids, and I'm happy for them. But they don't. Star Wars OG. If
0: it all went away today, and all geek culture went away today, and everybody
1: realized they were sick of it, you guys would be the guys left that wouldn't be. You know, my my wife often says to me. She goes. She says, "Well, someday, are you going to sell your collection?" But I don't collect it because it has a monetary value. I collect it because it has a sentimental value. So for me to say, oh, I'll sell it, that's basically telling you, oh, well, I don't have that attachment that I had earlier with it. So as much as Star Wars changes and evolves, I'm still that 8-year-old kid that saw that movie for the first time, and gee, it would be nice to go home and play the movie. Yes. Yes. Sure.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. That's why I have so many lightsabers, and mm-hmm. don't think I don't play with every damn so, one. Right. But, uh, right. You know
1: right.
0: What I mean? Yeah. Uh, Toby Black and, and Thomas, sir, Quinn. Thomas, Thomas Quinn. Thomas Quinn. That's yep. right. Yep. And, uh, the Thomas Quinn, <laughs> the Thomas Quinn Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club, and the Ontario Star Wars Collectors Alliance, gentlemen. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. Awesome. I, I really appreciate it's cool it. Cool to meet you, man, and
1: welcome to Toronto. Uh, we hope you've had a wonderful time. Thank you. we will love the city. We'll love chat it. more in the future. Thank you. Thank right. you very much.
4: Okay,
0: Mr. Gord Warren. So you were at Irwin Toys from 1976 to 2003, yes? Yeah. So the Star Wars toys hit in 77, 78?
4: Yeah, 78. So what kind of things was Irwin working on
0: just before that exploded?
4: Well, you have to remember, um, Irwin Toy was a licensee for about 10 different companies, U.S. companies in Canada. So we're running... um, Okay, just for Kenner. We're running Baby Alive. We're running um, Easy Bake Oven. Oh really? Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that was the first job that my wife had. She was running the spot welder to make the uh, cooking chamber. Oh, that's cool. So there were lots of other things that we were doing. It was a, a busy week at at Owen Toy. We were constant. We're making a lot of products. It's not as if we were sitting there doing nothing. Right. So, um, we made road race sets, we made train sets, we made outdoor gym sets, we packaged barbecues, you know. Oh, birthdays. How did they know? <laughs>
0: Is it your birthday? No. <laughs>
4: So, there were lots of products that we did, and when... Um, when did the start,
0: word come down that, okay, we're, we're going to be distributing Star well, Wars for Kenner?
4: Well, we always had the, 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 the Canada license for Kenner. We always had that.
0: Oh, so it wasn't just Star Wars. No, it was, it, Kenner,
4: in it, it was, it was Kenner in general. We had a lot of other products that we were running, and so... They came and they um, said they were bidding on and they got the uh, licensee for Star Wars. But that was the first time a toy company had ever made product from a film. And we thought, this is crazy. How are they going to get their money back? The first thing they came out with was the land speeder. I looked at that and said... That has no play value at all.
0: And then
4: the next month, the figures came out, and everything started to sell like crazy. We were doing so many figures that um, we couldn't produce them fast enough.
0: It really exploded that quickly.
4: Oh, yes. It was just astronomical. As soon as the figures hit, everybody loved it. Before the figures, it was dead.
0: Was it, uh, uh, Did it explode to the extent where you had to like hire a whole bunch of new workers or more shifts? Or? We
4: were... Okay, when we started doing the, um, the toys, like the X-Wing Fighter and the, the TIE Fighter and the Millennium Falcon, we were hiring about 40 people a day. Wow, that's insane. Oh, it was. And like the X-Wing Fighter, we ran one double line... For about 45 days, and on that double line, we ran three shifts for at least 30 days.
0: Just constantly churning. And oh, we were just
4: making and making and making, and we were just barely filling the orders.
0: Wow! I keep hearing all night about some Millennium Falcon story. So uh, could you grace us with that?
4: <laughs> Millennium Falcon has a lot of play value. I hated it. It was so hard to put together. You have to remember, it's a great big piece of plastic. So, for the ladies to take this piece of plastic, and they also had to weave in and out amongst the inside of it a piece of cardboard. They had to fold the cardboard up, a printed piece of cardboard, weave it in amongst the holders inside the, the bottom of it, and then they would put the top on and they had to latch onto that piece of cardboard so they're wiggling this top around and then they had to put about 24 screws in it to hold it together oh my lord and so um no matter what i tried to do i could not get a lot of volume out of the millennium falcon it was just too labor intensive tedious i guess oh it was That's why I hated it, not that it was a bad toy and had poor play value, but you have to remember I was in manufacturing. I I was trying to get the product out to make sure that the the salesmen and the product managers weren't yelling at me. And so that's what I was doing, I wanted to get it out, get it into the warehouse, before they could... Um, right. Well, you wanted to do your job yeah. and do it
0: officially, right? That's right. And uh, it was like cross-Canada. You did distribution for all of Canada? out of- All
4: of Canada, out wow. of 43 Hannah. Wow. That's, that's crazy.
0: Um, as, as the toys got popular, did you? how did the atmosphere, other than having to hire a more people, did the atmosphere change in the factory as far as... You Know people being more excited about what they were working on. Um, it was cool. Do you have any problems with people maybe taking product they
4: shouldn't? Or, ah, no, I don't want to go there. (laughs) You know, part of the problem was you know, and it wasn't um Star Wars products, but if something was shiny, they would take it, right? Um, but on the Star Wars side of it, um. Their jobs depended on the amount of orders we had. Okay. So with the whole book of orders, they knew that they had security, and so they were happy that way. Um, it used to be we would hire people in the middle of the summer, and probably by the middle of October, we would start to lay them off. Okay. Because... Um, with Star Wars, we were still assembling it the week before Christmas. Wow, I'm sure you had to have time. because what they were saying was, we will not get it into the stores. We will end up shipping it after Christmas, but the demand is so great. They will take it.
0: Wow. Was, how much time was there in between the three movies until the new lines came out? Like, Star Wars comes out the first one, it explodes, you do all the first lines, and then Empire comes out.
4: Was it constant, or was there a
0: big lag in the There time? was, um,
4: the original movie, the Star Wars, the product for it started to die off, and they knew the Empire was coming out. Um, Part of the problem with Canada was (coughs) we only had the rights for Canada. So any inventory that we had when Empire Strikes Back came out, um, we could not get rid of So what we did is we put Empire Strikes Back labels on the product and sold it according to the new movie.
2: Okay.
4: In the U.S., they are able to ship out of the country to other countries, but we, our licensing agreement would not allow that. Wow, there's so much that goes into these agreements. And oh, yeah. Complications? Well, part of the agreement was we were allowed to bring in tools to manufacture the amount that we agreed that we were going to make, or they would allow us to make. Okay. So they would say, okay, it's going to take two days to ship the tools up, two days to ship the tools back. We're talking about the molding tools. And it's going to take 15 days to run. So they would give us a window of 19, 20 days. We had to run all our product in that 19, 20 days. If we did not have all the parts to assemble it we would have to store it in our warehouse and if we were bringing in some parts from the orient like a, uh, a wire assembly or something like that we would end up having to store it until we got the last part and we could ast- start assembling
0: and and, and these got broken up all the cards were not printed here but the boxes and the promotional items were
4: yes um, well you looked at it and you said, OK, the um, the cost of shipping from the Orient, if you have a large product like Millennium Falcon, you could not afford to ship it from the Orient assembled. So the figures were small. They could nest them really easy and made it into a real small cube so they could ship it to us. We would take the figures out and put it into a, a big display box where they could put it on the shelf and show everything.
0: Right, right. Um, the, the forty-five day run of the X-Wing, that was the one time you mentioned earlier, I believe, that you guys actually got the molds. They actually were well, the we st- molds. You no. Know,
4: what happened was we bought we got the molds and we got so many or, or, um we got so many orders from it that we built our own set of tools. Oh, so Irwin Toy owned a set of tools for the X-Wing fighter, and we brought the tools up from the U.S., and we were running both sets. And then we had to ship the U.S. tools back, and we kept running our set.
0: Okay, that makes sense. This is amazing. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've always already been so gracious with amazing stories, but... I do have to ask, uh, myself as a collector, I, I, I'm specifically into lightsabers. So did can't did you guys distribute the, the long lightsabers that had the big handles with the holes for the rim to come through? Do you ever m- I remember doing lightsabers?
4: I, I remember something about that, but um, that was not something that we made or molded here. Right. That was uh, something that if they made it here, it was done in an outside manufacturer assembled and sent into our warehouse. Right, right. It was never brought into the factory to assemble because there was no assembly in it.
0: Right, it was just kind of two plastic pieces. That's right. Uh, And just to end this on, can you just give us a quick overdraft of, uh, you know, was that an amazing experience? What was over 30 years of bringing toys to
4: to children everywhere in Canada? Well, one of the things was, um, it opened my eyes to see that Um, the different type of toys that would be successful
1: I'll be
4: honest the things that I thought would be a success were a dismal failure the things that I thought would be a failure were a magnificent success so I was really only good in manufacturing I was not in sales but at the same time um, I would work with the, um, the salesman, I would work with the uh, product managers and everything. I would go down to the U.S. to see what they were doing and figure out how we would do it here. And um, it was interesting, it was exciting for me, and we did so many different products. It was unbelievable. And if I look back on it, I can't believe the latitude that the Irwin family gave us to make stuff.
0: Oh yeah, that's amazing. Well, that's good of them. I guess they cared, and and they were still uh, actual Irwins themselves. Were still in control of the company.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was. How
0: old was Irwin Toy's?
4: Um. Irwin Toy, I'm gonna say, well, it started in the '30s with the the grandfather Mac or Sam Irwin selling out of his trunk wow. and then he went to China to source material to bring it out to sell it and then he said this is stupid um, I can make a lot of this stuff here so we started Irwin Specialties and then he said why should I be buying this other stuff I'm going to start Irwin Toy as a making product for Irwin Specialties and then Irwin Specialties um, slowly, stayed the same size, and Irwin Toy expanded like crazy. Wow,
0: that was very innovative for back then. Oh, it was absolutely. They were
4: one of the first companies that was sourcing out of the Orient
0: brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, Gore, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh,
4: no problem. Uh,
0: hopefully, maybe sometime in the future, I can buy you a cup of coffee or something, and we can delve a little more into it.
4: Just come to any local Tim Hortons. <laughs> there you go.
0: You're amazing. Here. Thank you. Awesome. Very, very no, much. No problem. Thank you for coming. Yeah, and night.
4: you got to remember that um, they said Irwin Toy is a family company. There were so many people that met and got married at Irwin Toy. When a bunch of us get together. We can talk about 18 to 20, 20 couples that met and got married at Irwin's. That's amazing. Well, uh, Brenda's sitting here beside me. She met her husband Bill. I met my wife Valerie. Um, Ryan Irwin met his wife Betty. You know, John Jankar met his wife Carol. You know, we can go on and on and on about yeah. people that met and married at Irwin Toys. That's it really it really was a family company.
0: That's beautiful. Family company making toys for the kids. Yeah. Excellent. Well thank you so much, sir.
4: for me it was an exciting time.
1: Sure.
4: Because um, well perfectly honest, um Tanner was the first company to ever make toys based on a movie. Right. Nobody did it before. Right. Right. And Kenner paid millions of dollars for this and we thought oh guys you got holes the first thing they came out with yes was the landfill yes. yes and i said this thing is a pile of junk <laughs> <laughs> what's the play value in this you yeah. run it along the floor it has these tiny little wheels it doesn't make any sound or anything that thing was my life well, i know how <laughs> you know, much we love that really? though the and they never had any figures for it you know, this came out before the figures. Right. So it's out in the store and yeah. I'm saying, you know, and it wasn't selling, and I said, oh, geez, there they go. <laughs> and then the figures came out and everything just took off like a roll.
1: Yeah. I got that when I got my very first figures.
4: Me too, yeah. 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 Right. I mean. And for me,
1: it was Easter of 78.
4: Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you, you understand, there was no play value without the figures.
1: Right, right. right. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah, oh, cool. 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 the ones that are on the box. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother cool. knew. I had to have
0: those. Yeah, definitely. yeah. 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 that's yeah.
3: funny you got to do, So, did you in. help come up with the idea, or did you
4: do the vacuum sealing? You said you can't, if you were able um, to. Um, okay, it's, uh, it's a manufacturing process. Right. And you can do anything on vacuum tube. You don't need any blisters or anything. Like, you look at. Mm-hmm. You can get nuts and bolts and stuff back and forth to a cart, and it's the same process. So when they had an emergency and they they couldn't get the figures blister packed in the Orient Fasteners to fill in order, they would fly the figures in and we would vacuum pack those. But it was only to fill an emergency. It was never a scheduled production.
3: And was that, do you remember, uh, uh, this might, again, this might be an urban, was that Sears exclusively that only got them? I think it was. Um, but yeah, who knows?
4: Potentially, yes, but you know, um, if there were some large orders that they couldn't get enough out of the Orient fast enough, right. they, would, Perhaps. they would do some of those to um, get them into the store right mm-hmm. at the start so that um, they could say to the customer, we've supplied some. You know, yeah. and part of the contract was you got to get some in by this date so they could get you know, a few thousand in And Yeah, because there's been some found with price stickers from other stores too, so. Oh yeah. yeah right. I can see that. Yeah. Were
1: there any toys that were Star Wars related yeah. that did not sell that became a headache for, oh, for yeah, the man. company?
4: in the later years.
1: Later years, no. yeah. Was that because they were still producing large numbers of the uh, interest wasn't there yeah. any
4: longer? Yeah. yeah, You know, when you got to the, the third film and stuff like that, yeah. they were still pumping out stuff and um, the interest started to grow. Yeah,
3: yeah. Before we get off the topic, just while you're we still talking about the backing seal, would you remember this? They were still producing them with the Empire Strikes Back header on the card. And then somewhere along the lines, and this was exclusive in Canada, when Return of the Jedi was being promoted, in yeah. HANA they had stickers that they just put yep. over top of the yep. cards. Yep. Were you responsible for that? Do you remember how you uh, delegated that or? No,
4: we just bought a, or rented a labelling machine. It was as
3: simple yeah. as that, a labelling yeah, machine, oh, oh. yeah, right.
4: Yeah, you, you just get the labelling machine and you, yep. you put the cards in, you stamp the cards. Remember when we ran it down the line? turn it over, and it went to another machine, and then put it in, you get the new labels Right, on. It it. Yep. Oh, Air right. labels, those, label air, that was the Right, body. right, because
3: yeah. that those do exist, the, the shrink-wrapped ones, with also a, yeah, with
4: a Jedi of, sticker on them. Tra- they call it, tra- the tra- tra- transition tra- and, sticker? Is and and so they yes. have
0: shrink-wrapped transition.
4: Yes, yeah. And they also had um, blister packs with transition yeah. pictures. Yes, yes,
3: right. And those we, are a little more common than your right. than the back. We
4: did those too. Right, yes, so yeah, I
3: think. I just I'd always wondered was that because
4: a, we had you know, thousands of pieces in stock that weren't selling. Of course. Yeah. Because a new movie was out. Of course. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Right. Who wants Empire Strikes back when return is in? You got it right, yeah,
3: absolutely. And so yeah. they just you know. It was actually clever. Yeah, yeah it,
4: was it was very creative. creative. Yeah, very yeah. sure. expensive
3: today. <laughs> and I'm
1: surprised it wasn't duplicated in the U.S. Actually, no, that's a good point.
4: Because um, they got rid of all their inventory. They knew when the movie was coming out, right? and they dumped all their inventory. Ah,
3: uh, perhaps they had more venues or markets in which yeah. they could quickly up. Well, upload. no,
4: it was off, right. offshore and everything.
3: Right, yes. Yeah.
4: And so they got rid of all their inventory, right. knowing that it's new.
3: Right. Canada, they're we going to have the have option, perhaps. Right? Right?
4: right. No, because yeah. um, our license was only for sale in Canada. Ah,
3: yes, of course. Regardless, it was a clever solution. Oh yes. yeah.
4: It worked. They sold it. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. 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 Anything that you can sell. It, it and now fits. they're
1: highly. Yes. Yeah, they're really sought after. Let me ask you after. a weird question. Do you think we're odd we're in the fact that we're so, so into this stuff? Here we
4: are, we're 40 You're like years a later. To me, um, okay, Star Wars is a lot of nostalgia for me. You know, when Toby contacted me, I said, what? <laughs> yeah. And then I said, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you. And he says, okay, we're... <clears throat> Pick a, a Tim Horton's close, and I'll come and we'll talk. And I think we talked for over an hour or something. Like Abs- that. Bill and I were there. Yes, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
3: Yep. That was a special day for us, actually. Yeah, but yeah. Regardless, yeah. It's
4: it's a little odd, but but no. And the thing is, okay, um, we're working with a real estate agent right now, and she says, "Oh, give me some contact information because my nephew is so into Star Wars now." <laughs> yeah. And the old stuff. Yep. Not yeah. Not the new stuff.
3: Right. Right.
4: right. So.
3: And no sooner had we set up today than one of the waiters came back and was looking at yeah. everything and said, oh, I've got this right. and I've got that right. and I've got, so it's still there." I mean, I, people, I'm sure at the time, you realized Star Wars was going to be a big thing, regardless as to whether or not your job was to just
4: produce it, produce it, produce it. Well, you know, um, like I said, when the figures came out, then it got really interesting. Mm-hmm. Before the figures came out, forget it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there were they had the, um, the land speeder with no figures. Mm-hmm. Right, how would you play with the landscape? Right, right. no like
3: I said, it, all our memories are tied with figures and landscapes, yeah, you know? right. always it was. Scott Irwin spoke to, and it was interesting that Canadians at the time weren't didn't have the same earning capacity as Americans, so per capita, we actually sold more action figures than the Americans did, they did. and they sold larger and more play sets than we did. They went
4: for the large, big, expensive right. items, yeah. And Irwin Toy decided that, um you know, they weren't gonna be able to sell a $40 playset, but, so they made their own play sets and their own things, and, you know, got them in at the price points around $20 and less. Right. So that's why it yeah. worked for them.
3: Well, in, in that, so the sand crawler, I mean, do you remember it not selling very well? Or?
1: That's the most expensive U.S. item yeah, we ever got. It. For me, yeah,
4: Okay, for Because that's a radio-controlled. Yeah. We never packaged it. It would come in complete from the Orient, or it would come in complete, and we would put it into a box. Okay, and we but never you assembled. You did print the boxes. Uh, I can't tell you until um, I, I, I. I beg know. your
3: pardon. I think I think you find no, no printing was done in Canada, with the exception of uh, no, everything was printed in the Orient,
4: shipped here, were distributed.
3: The yeah, cards. The the cards, were cards. In oh, the I beg Orient. your pardon. The
4: right. boxes and all the displays and um all the packaging was printed here <laughs> in Canada, right for the boxes right yeah right yeah, the inserts. yeah.
3: talking
0: about the inserts uh, oh that's okay. cool that the displays yeah. were though too yeah yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Right. for a lot of us collectors the
4: closest I remember this is probably 40 years since valerie's handled yeah it.
3: yes of course yeah, yeah. Well, i was i was
4: yeah. just
1: gonna say to valerie that the we remember the first time opening the toys. So when we can get them as close to yeah. the condition when they first came out, mm-hmm. even if it's been opened at a previous time, that the inserter or whatever, it's a lot of memories. Of time. Mm-hmm. You know,
4: like, you know, we, um, the labels and everything, you know, we used to print them and just put them on a the big sheet. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem we had with the wings and getting the uh, the labels the on labels that. Here. Yeah. Um, so we went to a, a specific process that the labels were temporarily okay. removable. You could put them on and peel them back and if move over a bit right, yeah. and put them back on to get them on right. And then within about uh, half an hour,
3: then it would they, would,
4: they would dry and you couldn't take them off again. I didn't
3: know that. Did you know that? I was listening That's to- brilliant. I beg your pardon. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: That uh, there was a, a short run where the, the... Well, no, it wasn't a short run. Sorry. The labels, the decals for the wings.
3: Yeah, for the uh, TIE fighter.
4: Okay. What that was, it was on a, a special type of PS label. That you, you could peel it off, put it down, Peel it off again and move it slightly and put it down again in case you, you know, kids put them on wrong.
3: <laughs> right, right. And
4: so, well, even I did. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's Kenner Cares. That's yeah. good and though. So that's, good that's,
4: what, that's what we did. And after about half an hour, the adhesive would age and it would be permanent.
1: Let me ask you a weird question. Kenner, Kenner always had an insert in the U.S. that said, we really do care. And if it said you get your product, and if either piece is missing or broken off or whatever, contact us, and we will gladly replace it. Was that a part of, of that?
4: The instructions had a panel remember? on the back, yes. the back of it. Yes. That gave you contact information. Yes. For the customer service at w- Was
1: that a big part, or were there only a few people that had to,
3: you know, send parts out to kids here and there that? needed replacement. Sorry, do you remember, there certainly was a, dep- a department or someone's responsibility to kind of keep that standard in Canada, wasn't it? Oh, not? yeah. I expect yeah. it would have been, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was
4: about um, three people <laughs> right. yep. working before and a couple of people packing up orders, yep. but mm-hmm. they were, they were constant, their job was, and don't forget, um, it wasn't just ten. Mm-hmm. We had about... Um, 10 different toy companies. Right,
3: right. And
4: um, free trade killed us. Yeah, and after <laughs> Because what happened was that um, now the US companies didn't have to have a Canadian company to represent them and run their products. And the sad part of it was um, Kenner US canceled the <coughs> contract with Erwin Toy for Kenner Canada, even though Kenner Canada was the one subsidiary that was making the most amount of money. They were making more money than Kenner US on a percentage basis. So they had the highest return, but um, because they were making so much money, Kenner US said, why the hell should we give these guys all these profits?